Don't get hung up on just getting more sales, getting more leads. Get hung up on making the case study. Like come up with KPIs across the customer journey and hit those and turn it into a case study. I was actually talking, I, I meet, actually I'm doing a training with like Clavio partners on, on Tuesday. That's the one I'm doing. And I tell them all the time this, and everyone's just like, oh my goodness, Scott, this changed everything. Like I didn't have a case study to show people in the sales process. So I think like it's pretty easy to do. Like you can just obsess about making a case study. That's literally what we did. Hey everybody, welcome to Agency Talk. I'm joined by my amazing, unbelievable, uh, smart, better looking, uh, warm in the chest area, uh, Tim Burke. How are you, Tim? <laughs> I am now and now. I mean, how could I be anything but but better than I was a couple ago? <laughs> Only am I more excited to talk uh, to Scott than I was to hear that. So thank you. Exactly, exactly. And that and that is true. We have a fantastic guest on on Agency Talk today. And you know, this one's different. Scott Cunningham, not only did he uh, start uh, Socialite up in, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which is in the prairies of hey. Canada way up north, eh? Um, he he also uh, has really schooled us. I mean, really, when you think about it, he has become the premier Shopify partner in on the planet, up in the middle of nowhere, by the way, Tim. that's mm. That kills me. And then also the thing that I really love about Scott is his just uh, the ability to to get granular to to get at a molecular dna level of uh, of a problem and go really really deep which is probably how he's grown his agency and and 3x'd it over the years you know expertise knows no boundaries and so he's there he, what he says the northernmost populated city in the world and <laughs> it, they've just been so smart about the way they've scaled their agency everybody talks about scale but he really goes into what it's all about and how they deliver it. Uh, um, and he's, he's just great, great to talk to. So, uh, and equally great, I'm sure, to listen to. Absolutely. So without further ado, please enjoy our good friend from up north, Scott Cunningham. First of all, I'm pumped today, not only because of my Canadian brother, Scott Cunningham, is here on the show. Um, I'm also joined by my uh, amazing I'd say I'd say beauty before age here, Tim, on your part, which is pretty exciting. Um, I'm going to take and, that ring at this point. Yeah, well, we both we're two guys invest. Who doesn't want that? You know what I mean? This is what it is, Scott. Welcome to Agency Talk. <laughs> yeah. We're so excited to have you, man. I'm so pumped because one, you go, you and I go way back, and I've been able to watch your career and how you've built your agency, and uh, and you guys have done it just so amazingly and you've done it with like a few different amazing growth levers and so having you on the show is just uh is an amazing honor for me and obviously i love having uh time to talk with friends man so thank you so much marcus honestly it means everything to be here i actually watch your guys show and i know i've gotten to know you over the years too and you've been a big advocate for agencies and entrepreneurs and to kind of come here and have a conversation. I was just mostly excited to come talk to you guys to like <laughs> shed, some, shed some camaraderie, you know? We well, well for, for our listeners who don't know you, tell us a little bit about, about the, the agency, where you guys are up in Canada, okay, yeah. in Canada. Um, and then also just tell us a little bit about like what you specialize in if you had to give us your your quick pitch about the, about the biz. Quick fun fact about where we live. I'm, we're in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. It's actually the most northern city in the world with a population over half a million. Wow. So we have like 1.1 or 1.2 million. So it's a pretty big city, but most northern of that size. Yeah. So basically like, yeah, we're way up in the prairies. We're in the prairies. We're in the boonies. And when I started the agency, 
honestly, it was like the, the glory days of social media where it was everything like organic. So our agency is called Socialite. It was all about like content, newsletters, blogs. We would go like viral with like little effort. No advertising back when we started like 2011, right? And then we kind of just evolved over time. Even like in those early days, we kind of only worked with local businesses. Yeah. Like being in Edmonton, we're like, how are we gonna even get outside of like the Alberta borders and meet clients from everywhere else? So we worked with like a lot of like, we're, we're actually kind of like the Texas of Canada. So a uh, lot of like heavy industry, oil, lot of, right? We lot, have the Edmonton A lot oilers. of Trumpy stuff up Our, there, huh? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, but like not, not so much in the city centers, but like, um, so we worked with construction companies, oil and gas companies. We worked with like political campaigns, nonprofits, car dealerships, hotels. And somewhere baked in there was some e-commerce brands that we worked with, right? So we worked with some Shopify stores and just to like not give you like the full long story, it's just, it's just, it's been like, we have this internal word we always use, adaptive persistence. Mm -hmm. And I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of need that. Yeah. We've definitely that. held true to that. So we are like obsessed with learning and growing and evolving. And like anybody who knows me personally just knows that. I'm just obsessed and I'm just like, we're always like growing every day, every week, every month. And we got to a point where we just realized that like, if you're servicing everybody, we used to just think that it was like anybody who needs any digital tactic could come to us because nobody else knows how to do it. But by the time it was 2014, everybody knew how to do every kind of like digital tactic and started to like get commoditized to manage social media. Hmm. So we were like, okay, well we need to like focus more on sales. Like we need to do marketing for the sake of growing companies. Right. And we, we got into like the whole inbound marketing thing. We became a HubSpot partner. We found digital marketer in like 2016 and got like obsessed with the customer value journey and, mm -hmm. and, and like tying KPIs back to our, our work. And then, and then it just continued. We continued to evolve and we're like, okay, we don't want to do like lead generation or sales growth for every industry. Cause we can't consistently knock it out of the park for everybody that we work with. There's like a steep learning curve when you're working with like, we were working with like construction companies and like nanotechnology companies. And then like <laughs> something easy, like a car dealership. We kind of became like the master of done. So it led to like, like a problem with staff retention and client retention. Cause you can't knock it out of the park every single time. And your staff is getting bombarded with like all these losses. So we, <laughs> we knew it was just like a bit of a disaster. Everything that we've been seeing from like a lot of mentors I've seen in the space, Mike Arce was one of mm -hmm. the first guys. Yep. I was like, you got a niche. He'll be on the podcast niche, saying right? we, we just booked Mike. That's great. Did you, I, I am like, I love Mike. I was like, went to a mastermind with him when we were all in New York for Digital Agency Expo. Uh, went to a mastermind with him and picked his brain and like a lot came out of that, that session. But uh, we, did, we started to niche and we were like, we started to like reflect. We we're like, okay, let's look at all the pillars where we've done well. And there was like health clinics, was one of them. E-commerce was definitely in there. We'd been like certified Shopify experts since 2014, but we just didn't know how to get lots of Shopify clients. That was one thing that we thought we wouldn't be able to accomplish. Like kind of like, you know, fooling <laughs> ourselves and like limiting ourselves. Cause we're like, how are we gonna get Shopify stores out here in Alberta? But in the reflection process, like literally like read Start With Why from Simon Sinek, read like Pumpkin Plan, read all <laughs> these books that like helped us through this reflection process. And we were like, you know what, econ like the one question we were thinking about in start with why there's like this like innovation curve he talks about mm -hmm. where it's talking about like your early adopters, who are the first people that are going to line up and like need your service, mm -hmm. right? Or no, it's like the innovators are the first one. Who are the mm -hmm. innovators who are just lined up? They need your service. It means everything to them. And then there's like the early adopters. They weren't the people like waiting in line for two days to get the new Nike sneakers, but they'll buy them in like three months when they're more available, <laughs> right? 
And then there's like the like the the late adopters and the laggards. And the laggards or laggards are the people who would like dump you the quickest because you're not like as needed in their business. And we notice that a lot of the times when we're working with big B2B companies, they got a lot of dough, but the second there's like a new point of contact, you may just get dropped because the new person is building a new direction. Does that happen a ton for you guys in the, in the early days? It, it does. It does. Not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. Right. Okay. But it, and it, it, it did happen a lot where it's like, we have the best client in the world. It's like big, healthy retainer. Everything's going well, getting them results. And then all of a sudden a new point of contact comes in and it's, you know, you, you, we have like a protocol to try and like rescue it and retain it. But half the time it's just like, yep, we're done here. Right. And, and that's like a really annoying thing. Cause honestly, mostly it deflates the team working on it. Like mm. we put like so much heart and soul into like building this thing. We want to see it through. We want to see it, it like achieve the greatest result that we all came out here to do. Right. Yeah. But in the reflection process, we were like, well, who needs us? Who's like the innovators? Who's like the early adopters? Who are the people that can't live without our service? Yeah. Right. And we're like clinics, even though we've done good, like done good work and we've gotten them good results, they aren't completely bought into like digital lead generation. All of them. Some of them are right. But e-commerce, that's the thing that you absolutely cannot live without. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, we just like made the decision. I like full transparency. I have two partners. I'm, I'm the guy in the front making the wild, uh, <laughs> risky, <laughs> like explore, explorer. Right. And then we got Kirian who's like 20 years older than me and Simon. He's like the mitigate risk kind of guy. He worked in mergers and acquisitions for 15 years and he's like the legal guy and he's like the perimeter guy. And then we got Simon who like runs the ship. So I'm like in the front of the ship, ex the explorer, Simon like runs the, the mechanic room or whatever. And then Kieran's like the anchor. So when I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to niche into just Shopify. Simon was like, okay, like I could see that working. But Kieran definitely was like, whoa, this is like wild. So there's a little bit of friction, a little bit of like unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just in Charlotte with Kieran telling this story and he was telling it in such a way. So I feel like I can retell what he was saying, but he was, he was just kind of like, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy when the founder of the company's coming in and being like, from now on, we only sell Shopify. Yeah, that does but, sound that does sound crazy, actually, because, you know, most agency owners that Tim and I talk to are people that are surviving too. like they're just like, hey, how do I how do I turn off the faucet? Because here's the thing. It's like sometimes what you did was if you serve a lot of people, you're still making a lot of money. I mean, you might have lost some people and done, you know, lost some some customers along the way. But there's so much there's so much in just kind of like churning through a bunch of businesses and there's always businesses out there. So what did you guys what 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 is it about niching that? made a lot of sense and finally the light bulb went off for you it's simpler to be like we only do this one thing we don't want to be like a mile wide on industries and only like an inch deep on strategies that work we want to go like a mile deep on one industry mile deep on like ta the tactics and the strategies so we knew conceptually that it made sense we knew that if, okay if we can just like get amazing at one thing and master this and get repeat results for our clients over and over it's going to go better and everyone's, we want like a culture of winning, scoring touchdowns. Everyone's excited about sales growth and like we know how to do the things to get there. So we, we knew conceptually that it made sense. The biggest friction was that we only had six Shopify clients out of 40, <laughs> right? <laughs> so this is the wild part where it's like, okay, well, what about all the existing clients? They're gonna catch on to our, our new positioning. They're gonna catch on to like our new messaging and branding and everything. And sure enough, they did. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, and 
the, the good thing was that we had lots of good clients and they just came to me and they'd be like, Scott, what's going on? Are you guys like a different company now? And, and, but they were also fascinated. The really good clients, they were fascinated. They're like, I want to do that. I want to do what you're doing with your own company. So like, so we did, like, we didn't like fire a bunch of clients all at once. Some did start leaving and we kind of retained a few for a few years. By ne but right now, today, we only work with Shopify stores. So we don't have any lingering accounts that are outside of that. But to answer your question about validation, we like, we basically started niching in like 2018. That's when we started saying like, we're only going to do Shopify, but we still had a whole bunch of clients. But a funny thing happened in March of uh, 2020. I don't know what you're talking that about. None week. of us know what you're talking about. Can you, can you extrapolate? <laughs> Literally the day after the NBA was shut down, we had like five clients put in their notice. Oh, man. Right? That were outside of e-commerce. Wow. Right? And so that goes to like validate that whole like innovator, early adopter argument that we were having because we want it to be the irreplaceable team, not the dispensable team that like is the first to get blamed when anything's going on wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So we lost a bunch of clients right away, but we were like coming up with like contingency plans. Like we, we came up with like 30 day pandemic offers and like all these different offers that we started like introducing. And we fortunately got an abundance of e-commerce work at the same time. So we were like taking on new Shopify stores as quick as we were losing the old grandfathered in clients. I think this is so, is so smart as I'm listening to you, Scott. It, it, it almost seems that you didn't uh, niche. I mean, you didn't go down to a specific vertical. You own the highway. And I, I love mm. that because you're not locked into a single lane where it's you're just dealing with e-com stores that are doing, you know, whatever, clothes, whatever. But you, you own that highway. And I, I think that is so, so smart because you can change lanes and the economy is going to go in different places for different sectors. And you're going to always be you know, operable and, and thrive because they're going to come to you as the, as the expert in that, you know, that, that Shopify space. That makes a lot of sense to me. Really it's a does. funny thing. Cause when you're, when you're making the decision, you're like, I'm going to repel a bunch of people, but hopefully I attract a bunch of other people. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is what happens. People start to make that association really quick. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was unbelievable how many people, like I get people reaching out to me asking if like their cousin can get a job at Shopify. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't work there, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But no, people that's start making that association wherever you go. Yeah. And that's a really cool thing. But it, you know, what's really funny is like, first of all, Tim with the highway thing, such a poet, you know what I mean? He's always, a, it's just, <laughs> yeah. a, he sits back and then he just says something and I'm like, Oh, write that down. It's so good. Um, I love it. so the, the question I have is two parts. Because for people that don't know, and I know that in the intro, you heard us talk about you being the Shopify bees knees, but you are, I mean, you guys tripled down on Shopify, became that expert. You are out speaking about Shopify. In fact, if I type in Shopify and Scott, it's videos of you speaking on their behalf and walking through their events. And it's really crazy how integrated you are and synonymous you are with that brand. Two things. One, I want to know how that's benefited you. I want to know what the benefit of partnering with other companies are uh, for an agency because a lot of our agency listeners are probably like, oh, well, maybe I should partner with somebody. And two, does that ever leave you vulnerable because, like, have they always said the thing that you agree with or, like, you know, tucking yourself so much into their brand? Yeah, like, do you ever leave yourself a bit vulnerable? So, first of all, 
if you're listening, Shopify, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to send it to you directly. (laughs) (laughs) But no, for sure. The thing is, we actually are quite aligned on the values that Shopify has. Like, where we lead with education. They, they, there's, there is like an agreement you sign to be a Shopify partner where you need to follow like a set of rules and principles. And we were like naturally aligned with a lot of what they were saying in the first place. Um, but it's incredible how much a partner like Shopify or a tool that you are, that you use mostly for your clients will support you Mm. when you commit to them. Interesting. The first thing that we did when we niched, when you only had five or six Shopify clients was like, we need a bunch more and we need case studies and we need to build like repeatable systems. We need to redo our product. And we just like, you just spoke Tim's Tim's love language. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I saw that oh, oh, big I, time. I mean, I think just just in listening to your story, I just absolutely love it. And I, I want people to hear this because, you know, obviously I've been a big proponent of partnerships, but I think that they're not all partnerships are created equal. So I would love to know the things that people you would the advice you would give to agencies who are out there looking not only to niche, but what criteria they should be looking at for a, an ideal partnership with a with a company like an external company non-agency maybe SaaS or a martech or something like that uh, for us it's been martech mm-hmm. mostly it's SaaS, right so like the the this is the best way to approach it when we first niched we didn't say we we're a shopify agency i actually might have missed stated that earlier <laughs> we said we we're an e-commerce agency yeah it's good right so and we started working with like Magento, Big Commerce, Squarespace. We had like a few clients. Most of them were still on Shopify, but we had some outliers. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It was still a steep learning curve to like master all these platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just looked and we're like, okay, well, Shopify, you know, there's, I think now there's over a couple million businesses on Shopify, probably more now. I think the last time I checked, it was at a couple million and that was probably six months ago. So it's probably like in the multi-millions. That's a not, that's a, like, there's an abundance of potential work where everybody can have enough to, to have a good agency. So we decided, okay, Shopify only too much of a learning curve, especially with like tools that require custom development. Shopify has the pre-built apps, all this kind of stuff. Right. And then I'll take it a step further. We decided to not work with any email platforms outside of Clavio. Mm. We're a gold Clavio partner. They're like almost as big of a partner with us now as Shopify is. I'm doing a webinar with Clavio on Tuesday next week. What was and it like, about them? I mean, there's so many email marketing partnerships you could have done. What was it specifically about Clavio for you guys? Because you'd already been in a really successful partnership. So what were some of those early indicators that this was a company you wanted to It was the same on? reason. Same reason we fell in love with Shopify. It was just the preferred tool that our team liked to use. That's interesting. You know, Tim, uh, on, on the conduit side, they closely align with with businesses like teamwork and stuff that they use, you know, internally. Yeah. And then they get really close with the executive teams there. And I've always just been fascinated with that. I'm like, you know, why 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 did you align with it? And I think it starts with maybe mutual values and trust and then getting in at the right time too and seeing that like them seeing the same dedication that you're putting into it, being like, Yeah, this we're we're a it's interesting because it's such a big thing to be like, I'm a Shopify partner. Right. Yeah. Like that's an identity thing. Yeah. 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 But at the time it probably wasn't. I got into it. It was, you know, (laughs) spoiler alert. We like tripled our agency since doing that. Like really quick, like pretty quick. Right. And, but like, I remember I went to a Shopify conference in Toronto and they were talking about, uh, it was like their big tech announcement conference and they invite, (laughs) it's only for partners. So I was there with like lots of apps and web developers and there wasn't that many marketing agencies to be honest, but like, (laughs) they were talking about how, I can't remember the exact number, but they're like, Shopify did a billion this year. 
the partners also did a billion. So like they have this like massive network of like third party developers, app providers that are like improving the ecosystem, Smart. which these, a lot of these other platforms don't have. Right. But the thing I selfishly want to know is I like being in front of the camera. I like being on the microphone. I, you know, I like this as a part of, of growth strategy. So tell me how it works for you because you're at Socialite, you're the face of the company. Every every time I look things up in terms of your company and your growth, you're very much that. Was that intentional? Are the other guys who were the anchor and in the machine room, <laughs> were yeah, they yeah. like were they like okay with that? And they're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play my role back here. You're gonna be in the front of the boat, kind of doing the Titanic thing, right? And like, you know what I mean? But like, is that was that intentional to kind of create a personal brand well, on the front flash, side of the, the ship? The Titanic sunk. These guys are not sinking. Listen, so all I'm saying, that was a beautiful, it was a beautiful scene when they were up there you, and it's like, look, Jack, I'm flying, I'm flying, Jack. And sinking ship. And yeah, I've known right, Scott cool. now for a little while and I'm not going to let him sink on that, on that, you know, <laughs> well, we, we can't, we can't. All right, listen, okay. Let's say it's a, a Caribbean cruise line that made it, made its way back. <laughs> uh, what, what is it about, what is it about the personal brand that's been an advantage and tell me some of the things that might not have gone so well. I, I honestly, so we did have this conversation internally. Of course, like we have like the three of us, the three partners here, we're really tight. We have like, I just met with them this morning. We meet every Friday morning and we go over like everything. But there was a book, uh, Rocket Fuel. Yeah, it yeah, talks yeah. About, like, the integrator and the visionary. Traction, Rocket Fuel, EOS, yeah. same same situation camp, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like when we were niching. That was one of the books that we were just trying to like wrap our heads around the niching stuff. And Simon was, Simon actually pulled me aside. I was like, you know what? I'm all in. I'll do the integrator. You, you be the visionary. You go do the stuff. Wow. <laughs> and, like, uh, and I, and I honestly feel yeah, like, yeah, if you are in a niche, it's like, you, it's like almost an obligation that you need to be out there getting in front of that market, getting out there and being that top of funnel awareness, branded face speaker of the organization is a big play. It's not something casual. We kind of had this, just, this is like real quick, the kind of philosophy we, we talk about for niching and growing the agency. We have this philosophy that's like, know it, grow it, show it. Mm. So know it, you got to like master the strategy. You got to understand exactly how you're going to decrease customer acquisition costs, increase AOV, increase CLV. Those are like the three metrics you need to master and you need to do it really well. Yeah. And then grow it, go out there and get a bunch of case studies, right? Like just document those case studies and then show it, go on webinars with partners, MarkTech partners, show these case studies everywhere you go. And when these case studies are undeniable and you're showing them to people who resonate with the topic, magic. Tim is salivating. I I absolutely love that. I thought I was like all over adaptive persistence. Yeah, this is what you honed in on here. Because you said that and I'm wondering, okay, I don't have a tattoo. I think I want to get adaptive persistence somewhere, you know, <laughs> tattooed. Back. And then I thought, oh, can we man, both get them? Grow it. Can yeah. all three of us? Please, please get matching. Please get matching tattoos so I can take a <laughs> document that. <laughs> the case study part, I feel like, is massively overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. And then being able to show it, like being able to get out there and partner with those case studies. Because here's the thing: what I see a lot of younger agency owners doing, or people that are kind of intermediate there, they're out there wanting to show something they don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a big mistake. Or when we were a generalist agency, we would show the wrong kind of case study to the wrong kind of prospect. Oh. Where they, they just don't see it. They're like, I don't, I, but that is nothing like my business. When you get in a lane like that, you know, it's not, 
the, the line that I hate now that so many people call me up, the agencies that we're talking to, and they say, well, we got to, you know, fake it till we make it. Like, no, man, you got to bake it, then make it. So come, it, faking it's not going to get you that, you know, into that place where, where you got through that vision and that, and, and that reflective process that you talked about, Scott. That nothing new happens tattoo without hard idea. work, and you guys put it yeah. in. I got a new tattoo, bake it, then make it. <laughs> and we're just going to exchange this. But I think it's true. I think, like, honestly, it's not about being an agency that can do tactics. It's about agencies that provide the result that you yeah. got hired to do. This is something, this is the way that Tim and I end every single show because you've just been a star. There's so many little nuggets that I've already taken and tattoos that Tim is going to get somewhere. <laughs> uh, people will listen to this show because they want actionable content. They want something that they can go do. And so every time that we kind of close out a show, we always ask our guests and say, great, we've just talked about a bunch of stuff. What is something practical, something practitioner-based, actionable thing that somebody can like close their laptop right now and just go do or like turn off the 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 spotify and and go do something right now um what would be that word of advice for those action hungry folks out there don't get hung up on just getting more sales getting more leads get hung up on making the case study mm -hmm. like come up with kpis across the customer journey and hit those and turn it into a case study i was actually talking i i meet actually i'm doing a training with like clavio partners on on tuesday that's the one i'm doing and I tell them all the time this, and everyone's just like, oh my goodness, Scott, this changed everything. Like I didn't have mm. a case study to show people in the sales process. Mm. So I think like, it's pretty easy to do. Like you can just obsess about making a case study. That's literally what we did. We, when we were niching, we're like, we need, and, and I started to like, I know you guys did an interview with Gary Vee. I love Gary Vee. Cause he mm. talks about like the power of, uh, he's like, if you want something, just work for free. There's an ROI on working for free. So he mm. talks about like, go do an internship if you want to work at a company. If you want to be on a board somewhere, go volunteer, mm -hmm. right? So we didn't necessarily do free work, but when we wanted more e-commerce clients to build case studies with, I just went around and talked to people I knew and was like, we're going to give you this service for like, we're breaking even on it. It's just this price. We just want to do a 90 day campaign. We want to make a case study, full transparency, right? And we did that. Mm. We got like five right away with like that low price point. Soon as we were able to master our SOPs on how to deliver that time and time again, the price went up, got better at delivering on it, price went up and that's kind of how it went. But I just like, we just wanted to go after that niche and we we're just like, we care more about like sharpening our teeth, getting it right, building a repeatable SOP around it. And that's what we did. And it's like, so that's what I would say. I would just like, you need to be able to do great <laughs> work for your clients. So get hung up on that. Oh, it's so good. Awesome. That's like such a mic drop. Thank you so much for for making some time with us and coming to talk to us and and uh, and making this making this show just so much better. I love Tim and Tim. I love being a curator and not the artist. You know what I mean? This is the best job in the entire world just to bring smart people on the show. You like and Scott, I are like so. bad NFTs. We just we just bring <laughs> we just bring on these great artists. You guys are fun. You guys are yeah. fun, and you Thanks, get it. Dude. Like you obviously know the space really well. Thanks, brother. Scott, thank you so much. Well, hey, everybody, if you're listening to the show, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We always love bringing more and more incredible agency owners and experts to your doorstep. And, uh, you know, this is no exception with Scott Cunningham. All of his information is below, and you can check it out at agency-talk.com. And go in there and look at all the past episodes as well. We referred to some, some Gary Vaynerchuk 
this this gentleman coming out of New York City who was on our show, and we've also had some really incredible uh, experts and agency owners there as well. Mm-hmm. So you can check out the library. But be sure to join the conversation. Subscribe. Uh, give us your email in there. We'll make sure you never miss an episode. And Tim, as I always say before we always end every episode, is that it's a, a privilege and an honor to be next to uh, your adaptive, persistent self. That's the new tattoo. Right back at you, my friend. Thanks, man. <laughs>